We uh, recently, last week we had Lauren here, sharing on church planting. Did you enjoy that? Wasn't she great? What a fantastic story. If you missed that, I would encourage you to uh, catch up with it. Lauren was, uh, Lauren was transformed. She gave her life to Jesus 10 years ago as a student at Winchester. And uh, she came back last week to uh, share her church planting story. Many of you went forward, and in fact, there's a note in the e-press to say that we just want to hold a one-off meeting uh, in response to so many people came forward with the call, under the call to be involved in church planting that we just want to have a chance to connect with you about that. The meeting's on the 24th of April. The details are in the e-press. If you felt like that was something God was talking to you about in any way, shape, or form, at whatever level, we'd love to connect some more, so do check that out. Anyway, um, before that, we've been doing a, quite a long series, and we've been through Romans in the Bible. Um, we're not going to focus on one particular Bible passage today. It's going to be a little bit different from that Romans series. We're going to focus on a, a number of passages, um, uh, and I'm going to use those to try and show you kind of the story of what God has been sharing with us, Joe and I, and the leaders of this church, um, about the vision that he's given us as a church about what it is that he wants us to do. I'll set that in context, and then I will give you a little uh, handout in a few minutes as well, which will give you some more information. If you're visiting today and you're somebody who's exploring faith, if you w- maybe you wouldn't even say that you're a Christian at this point, um, uh, and you're just checking us out, well, I hope that, firstly, just welcome. God bless you. Thanks for coming anyway. Um, church can be a scary place to come if, you, if you've not been here before. So thanks for coming and being with us, and I hope that this will give you an idea of what we're about. Um, if you're somebody who's come from another church, um, then uh, I'm going to talk specifically about what God is saying to us in this church, but hopefully there's something for you to uh, receive and take back to where you are as well. So five years ago, um, the Lord brought Joe and myself here um, to lead this church into the next season. It seems like yesterday to me, but it's been just over five years. Um, It was a God story from start to finish. I have a four-page document on my computer called From Birmingham to Winchester. It documents some of the words that different people shared with us along the way, things that they felt that the Lord was saying to them, the journey of faith that we went on in order to really fully understand and hear what God was calling us to. And um, there was a key verse from there. Can you pop that first slide up for me, which is from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31, and verse 7. This is, something that I, this is a, a verse that I felt the Lord gave me before we came here, before we even knew that it was here that God was bringing us. And it's, uh, it was this, be strong and very courageous. You shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall put them in possession of it. And this is a leadership um, challenge from Moses to Joshua on the eve of Joshua taking the people of God into the promised land. And uh, it, God spoke that to us really clearly. And then when we came here and it, was very, it became very clear that the Lord was this is what he wanted us to do, Joe and I, to, to, to be the leaders here. Um, it, it became even clearer, really, because it seems to me that God does have a plan for this church. And he does have a place, a promised land, if you like, certainly a place for us to inhabit. And it felt for Joe and I like what the Lord was saying was, you are called to lead these people to a place that I've already prepared for them to be. Now, I don't necessarily mean a physical place, or I think that's part of it. I think it's the fulfillment of what God wants to do. Fulfillment of what God wants to do, or a greater fulfillment of what God wants to do. If you're not careful, you could read this as sort of colonial and conquering kind of language. I'm not particularly going there, and I'm not 
intending on any violence either. But, um, but there is a spiritual battle. But the question is, what is that place? What did God bring us here for? What did we come for? Why would God choose to bring us, one little family, all the way from a place we were quite happy, doing all right, thanks, um, all the way down here to the south of England? And um, yeah, that was quite a stretch for me, actually. I still, I still wake up and think, what am I doing in the south? How did I get here? Clearly it was the Lord, he, he brought us here. And actually, probably the truth is, many of you have been brought here by God. And as I have conversations with you, people who come to this church from various different backgrounds and, and places, it seems like God is, has a plan for a number of people. He, he's, he's brought some people here. Well, what, what, what's that for and what's that about? What does this next season look like? I really believe God has a future for us that we haven't yet experienced. It's something that's better than the now. And now's pretty good, so, you know... We have a really wonderful foundation in this church. The first 22 years has been about getting established, about pursuing God, about seeing people transformed, about seeing lives transformed. And then it's been about transition. And the question that we've been asking ourselves ever since we came here was, so what does the next 22 years look like? We have a really great foundation. You know, in many ways, we've got a great building, we've got a good space, we've got a staff team, we've got enough money to keep going by God's grace and by your generosity um, and, and therein lies a temptation just to settle down. Say, so, oh, church is working. Enough people are coming to make it viable. We're having a good time. We're meeting with God. Um, I, I just, I, can't, I don't believe in my heart that God just wants to set us to settle. You know, we, it's a bit like the sort of looking over the promised land and saying, well, this is a nice place. The view looks pretty good from here. I just don't believe that. And there are big kingdom dreams in God's heart. And we know there are. We know that, that, that God has a big plan for Winchester. We know that he has a big plan for all of our communities. And we know that he has a big plan for each of us. And so I'm, let, let, let me say, I'm not frustrated. I'm really encouraged about where we are. But I just don't think we're, we've got there yet. And I think God wants to do more for it through us. And there's an invitation from him to us to really listen and tap into what it is he's saying. And so that's what we've been doing. Joe and I have been doing this sort of behind the scenes quite a lot. We've shared and prayed with our leaders. We've read and studied. We've gone and listened to other church leaders to get a bit of their wisdom and their counsel. And, and actually the truth is we, are, we think we are beginning to get a handle on what it is that God wants us to do here. And, and today that's what I want to share with you. Um, and there's been a process to that. Uh, you might know this verse in Jeremiah 33. It says, the Lord says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. When we call to him, he tells us stuff. He has stuff to tell us. You might say, well, why didn't he just tell us anyway? Why do we have to call to him? What's that all about? And I would answer that with the same answer that I would answer my kids when they say, why don't you just tell me everything I need to know now? Why don't you just tell me what the answers are for my homework? I say, it doesn't really work like that. And I'd love to tell you stuff, but I want to tell you stuff in the context of relationship with you. And I really believe that what God does is he calls to us. He says, come, come be close to me. Let's hang out together and let's share. And while we're sharing, I'll tell you some of the things that you don't yet know. And so we've been going through this process of calling to God, asking him, seeking him, listening to him. You know, during the autumn, I went away for 24 hours and I just tried very hard to write, grasp this sort of some words just to try and write down a draft of what it is that really expressed what God was saying, distill those words down into some clear sentences. And then, uh, you know, I put this document together. We shared it with our leadership team. 
Um, we continued to pray. And then over about a space of about four or five weeks, we, we really deliberately went to some people who we, who we knew had a track record of hearing God accurately, but also weren't part of our community and didn't particularly know us and weren't tracking with us at the time. So we went to deliberately try and listen to the Lord. What are you saying, God? What are you saying to us? And whilst that was happening, another, a bunch of other people also came back to us uninvited with prophetic words. Sorry, I didn't mean uninvited. You know what I mean? Un, you know what I'm saying. They brought words to us. And we put all this together and we went back to our leadership team again. And we said, this is what we think the Lord might be saying. And we all prayed and we, we had a sense of, yep, yeah, we think this is God. And then just about a month ago, in, Fe- um, in the end of February, we, we met with our um, leadership community, our wider leadership community. And again, we shared this with them. I said, this is, this is what we think the Lord is saying for the future of this church. How, how does that sound to you? Does it smell like God? Does it resonate with you? Does it ex- excite you? Does it scare you? And pretty much, you know, we, I mean, we had a good time to process and chat together, but pretty much we got a resounding yes from our leadership team as well. And that's why I want to share this stuff today. It's in that spirit that I bring it. This is an ongoing conversation. Do you mind um, giving those things out? Is that okay? Thank you so much. There's a, there's a sheet coming around uh, which has some stuff on it. And um, I'm bringing it in that spirit. And the reason I've written it down is because there's a verse. Oh, it's not on there. There's a verse in the Bible in Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2. God says to the prophet Habakkuk, write the vision down and make it plain on tablets. He meant stone tablets, not the kind that you eat. So that he may run who reads it. Write the vision down and make it plain so that the people who read it can run. Now, I don't have stone tablets, but I have a computer and uh, a printer. Now, when you get this sheet, there's something that you need to do. You didn't know that it was going to be sort of um, craft morning this morning. But you actually need to fold it in half in the middle. And it starts with the bit that's got the logo on, Winchester Vineyard Church. Okay? So you're... Pardon? Yeah. No. There will be no prices for any paper aeroplanes. Um, you, just, you do just need to fold it. You'll find it's a bit more easy to read and manageable that way. And you can keep this. This is a free gift to you from the church. Um, it's a vision statement and a strategy statement. That sounds very grand. It's not meant to be grand. But you get what I'm saying, don't you? We have to write these things down so that it's clear for everybody. You know, believe me, I would rather talk about something than write it down. But it's helpful to write these things down. And so on the front page, you should see something called vision statement. And what that is, is it's a description of what it is that God is calling us to do and be together. By the way, if you've been around here for the last year or two, not much of what I say will be new. You'll have heard it all. You'll have heard most of it in bits and bobs. What I'm trying to do today is just draw it together um, in, in broad brushstrokes under this, um, under this, this title of um, a vision and a strategy for what God wants to do here in Winchester. And so that statement says, this is what God's calling us to do together. I've got it up here too. And I've shared this with you before. But this is just a form of words that covers what it is, distills down what it is that we think God's asked us to do. And it's this, we believe that God wants us to rewrite the story of our city. Restoring hope and bringing life to both individuals and institutions. We believe the good news of Jesus has the power to rescue and save everyone. 
passionately pursuing him and growing together as his disciples, we are compelled to live out this story, demonstrating his love and making a difference in our communities. And then we are not just here to build a great church, but we want to be part of a kingdom movement that brings about transformation one life at a time and releases everyone to live out the dreams God places in their hearts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's go. I've put those three sentences, paragraphs, four sentences, three paragraphs, quite deliberately in that order. You see, the middle one is a summary of everything we've talked about in the past 15 weeks while we've done Romans. You know, the good news of Jesus, the gospel, has the power to rescue and save everyone. We've, we've unpacked all of that through our Romans series. And to be honest, most churches start at this point. Most of us would start here in terms of, well, what are you about as a Christian? And I agree, that's a good place to start. But the reason that I wanted to put the first paragraph in is because our living out of the gospel is in the context of the place where God has put us. Yeah? I mean, every church can say, we want to see the lost saved and we want to see people transformed. Only we can say, in the context of our city, our communities, the people that we are the people that we are mixing with, only, only we can do that. That's what God is calling us here to do. You might have seen this before. Um, I've shown you this before. Um, there's a very famous verse in Matthew 28. It's reproduced at the bottom of the same sheet where it says, Go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus says. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all I've commanded you. And I added in red, I'm not really writing extra bits for the Bible, if you think that's true, but I added in Winchester and the surrounding areas and the communities where you live and work. The context is really important here. The context is really important. God has placed us in a community, in a location, in a network, be it where we, where we work, be it where our kids go to school, be it where we hang out in our spare time. God's put us somewhere, and then, within that context, he's saying, I want you to change their story with the power of the gospel. And I love the third paragraph because it just kind of stretches us and keeps us humble. We're not just here to see our church grow. We're here to start a kingdom movement. We're here to see God do something amazing and dramatic. I love that. Releases everyone. One life at a time, but this is about everyone. We want to aim for something that's so big and crazy in the eyes of the world that it could only actually happen if God was in it. I don't want to set out to achieve something that me and Joe and a few of us committed people could do on our own. It's just, that's pointless. We want to go for something so mad. Every life, kingdom movement, transformation. I, I don't know about you, but I have lived pretty much all my life as a Christian and I really want it to count for something. Now, I can't, you know, do you ever listen to, um, it's going to give me away now. Do you ever listen to, um, what's that program on Radio 4? Desert Island Discs. Do you ever listen to that? I don't listen to it every week. I listen to the podcast if, I, if it looks like something interesting, someone interesting. I mean, I love it because I'm into music, so I like listening to the different music choices that people have. But they always tell their story. And if you, if, basically, if you get on Desert Island Discs, you've done something with your life. And, and of course, I don't know if you ever do. Have you ever? Come on, let's have just a little moment of ownership and honesty here. Who's actually sat there and thought, "Wow, I wonder what my eight desert island discs would be." Come on, who's done that? Come on, own up. Good on you. And the rest of you, you're mostly lying, I'm sure. 
I'm just teasing. But you have to, in order to get on that thing, you have to have done something with your life. You know, and I sit there and think, well, what's an indication that I've done something with my life? Is it getting on Desert Island Discs? Or is it getting to heaven and God saying, yeah, you gave it everything. You did what I asked you to do. You made, it, you made it count. You made a difference. I don't know if this church will grow to 500 or 1,000 or 5,000. I don't know if we're meant to be a mega church or we're meant to be a network of churches. I think God wants to plant some things out of here. I don't know honestly what the structure looks like and I don't know how many people it will involve. But I do know that it isn't just this. And that for some of us, God is calling us to go and live this stuff out in our everyday lives, in the communities where we live and work, all around this region. Sorry about that, I'm going off peace. There's some Bible there to, uh, to back this up. This was Jesus' mission statement. The Spirit of God is on me. Isaiah 61, I don't have time to get into all of that now. But um, when Jesus read this scripture about how the, this was about good news to the poor and liberty to the captives and how they, not, not Jesus, but they, those who had found God, were going to then be the ones who became the restorers of broken walls and the build up the ancient ruins. When he said that, he, he said it in Capernaum, in the synagogue there, and, he, and, the, and everyone kind of knew who he was. And then he said, and, this is, and today this is what's, what started. This has been fulfilled today, that's what Jesus said. I believe that's true for us now, today. This is being fulfilled in us. So that's the vision, and the next part is the strategy. How are we actually going to do that? And you see, for me, this vision, it sounds grand, doesn't it? It requires me to think differently and to get involved. You see, actually, transformation means working with people, which means might mean getting our hands dirty. It's about real people finding Jesus and making a permanent difference in their lives. Not people who are used to a church culture, real people. You know? People who swear a lot. More than us, maybe. People who drink. How can, is that okay? Yes, I think that's okay. We're not just playing at church here. This requires us to think differently. And so what does that look like? For, for me, it's no good having a vision without having a strategy. What are we actually intentionally going to do to bring that about? Because otherwise, it just, it's nice words that Nigel keeps saying on a Sunday, and we all go, yes, amen, and we go home and come back for another week. Okay, this is about actually doing things. I went, uh, some of you who follow me on Facebook will know this, but yesterday I went for the first time in about 35 years to a football match with my son, who is an avid Chelsea fan. I don't know why he's a Chelsea fan. He certainly doesn't get it from me. Um, and, and I didn't find myself feeling the need to join in with the come on Chelsea um, chants. What I thought was really interesting was that you can talk all that you like, but if you don't actually put the, goal in, the ball in the goal, it doesn't count for anything. And the truth is, yesterday, West Ham should have won that match, and Chelsea were lucky to equalise. That's the truth. JJ, my son, won't like it if I tell him that. But that's, and, and actually, I, I was very happy for his own emotional health that they did equalise, otherwise I might have had a, a terrible journey home. But, but you, you know, you have to put the ball in the net. You can sort of dance around it all you like and have all these attempts at it, but until you actually put the ball in the net, nothing counts. That's the end of my football analogy. Except that, what are we aiming for as a church? So to, to, it's not the end of our football analogy. So to use a picture, I like this picture, it's just a complete coincidence, or maybe it's the Lord that I ended up going to a football match yesterday. Um, 
there are, this goal that we're aiming for has two very significant sides and a very important beam across the top. And that picture just graphically describes what it is that I think God has asked us to do as a church. And it's these three things. Two really important posts. And that's, there's some quite fancy language there. You've heard us talk about it before. And I'll unpack it a little bit today. But if we're called by Jesus to change the story of our communities, then scoring a goal actually looks like what? Well, it actually looks like, number one, releasing scattered servants. We talked about this quite a long way away, quite a long way back um, in 2015. um, And we highlighted this verse, scattered servants that leave our community's life. This verse from Acts. You know, Jesus says, just before he disappears and goes back up to heaven, He says, you're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit and you are going to scatter. You are going to scatter. This is not about a concentration of all God's people in one place. This is about literally scattered servants. Unleashing the power of everyone, every day, everywhere. And for me, honestly, I think this represents the biggest shift in our thinking as 21st century Christians. Now, a few of you are like, yeah, of course, I've always lived for evangelism and mission. That's what, that's what I'm here for. And most of us are probably going, mm, yeah, I think, I, think, I think that's what God's saying, but we know that that's challenging. I won't ask you to put your hand up and say which of those camps you're in. We talked about this some while ago. You know, the fact that we spend about 10 hours of our week, this is excluding work time and sleep time, um, roughly. We spend 10 hours of our week, up to 10 hours. Maybe some of us don't manage that, but if we're involved in various things in church or gathered, and we spend 110 hours of our week scattered. I'm telling you a lie, that doesn't include work time. That does include work time, it doesn't include sleeping time. You know? We spend most of our weeks scattered. And each of these people in grey is closer to the ones in red, this way. There are more people being influenced by more people. And that's what God is calling us to do, to be scattered servants. What does that look like? It means thinking differently about our culture. I'm not going to read every word that you've got there, but I'd love you to take it home and have a look. You might want to make notes as we go. It means being called to be in society, being known for the people, being known in our community for the love that we show to those in need. We had a big conversation about compassion, and you've very generously given a whole bunch of money to help us further that conversation. And praying that the power of God impacts our communities. Um, I recently asked someone to take on quite a significant role uh, around the trustees of our church. And uh, that person had a good long think and pray about it and came back to me and said, no, I'm really sorry, I'm not going to do that because um, I'm involved in a community project with my children and uh, they have asked me to do something there and I'm going to do that instead. And I said, thank you. Praise God, that's somebody who's understood what, we, what it means to be a scattered servant. I'm completely at peace with the fact that God will provide our, for our needs as trustees and all of that stuff. Um, but I just think that's a great example of what God is saying and doing. Um, and actually, these three points under releasing scattered servants, A1, 2, and 3, essentially this is what we're going to be teaching about over the next three months. We're going to do them in slightly different order to the on there. So straight after Easter, we're going to teach a three-week series on pastoral care and what it means to be inwardly strong whilst outwardly focused. What that actually looks like, how we care for one another appropriately and how we, how we help one another move on from the difficult parts of life. 
whilst being outwardly focused. So I'm not going to say too much about that now. We're also going to teach on revival and what it is, what that actually means. What does the word revival mean and what does God actually want for us? It's a word that I've heard a lot thrown around in the church. We're going to explore that with the help of Paul, who's not here. He's in Africa at the minute. Helping with revival or something like that. Um, and we're going to talk on discipleship. So I'm going to leave that there. But, but for, for me, this scattered servants thing represents probably the biggest shift in thinking. That the church is not just the church gathered, that this isn't church. Not just this, that this is church. That we are church when we're here like this. This is important, but we are church here as well. That means we actually have to action that in our lives and think about our schedules and think about our priorities and what we give our time and our energy and our money to. You know, um, we talked about the vineyard man last year. We talked about what it is to be part of the vineyard. And I just want to focus in on the centre bit. We said that church, the body of Christ, is like a hospital, a community, a school and an army. And as I've thought more about this, um, what I've come to understand is this is all true, but the army is the lens through which we see the other three. Again, I'll talk more about this over the next little while. So we are a hospital, but we are an army hospital. If you are beaten up and you have had a bad time and you need to kind of just come and be with God, then that's absolutely fine. But as one of our teams said this week, we are not a hospice, we are an army hospital. Now, hospices are great, but we are not one of them. We are an army hospital where if you come, there is a purpose for you getting better. Okay? We're not just a community okay, of people who love one another. That's really important, but we are an army community. And we're not just a school, we're an army school. We want to grow because we've got a job to do. So that's kind of one of the main goalposts that God has given us. And the other one on the other side is growing gathered environments. Growing gathered environments is a very fancy word. Gathered environments. It just means the environments that we gather in. So that this is a gathered environment. Sunday church is a gathered environment. Small group is a gathered environment. You know, we believe that when somebody finds Jesus, they change. And therefore, we need an environment for them to change in and grow in. They are new creations. Next week, we're going to be baptizing some people symbolically to show what it is that God is doing in their lives. And we gather and we create environments for everyone to gather in to encounter God. And that's about expectation. You know, we've already, the reason I'm rushing this talk is because we've made space because God seemed to want to do something and say something to us. We expect him to gather, to, we expect him to come when we gather. When two or three are gathered, I'm there. That's what the Bible says. We expect regularly to meet with God. We don't assume it, but we expect it. And also that we're the, worst, the most welcoming place. We don't just want to have a great time gathering with God ourselves. We want to welcome anybody into this environment. Anybody, whoever they are, whatever their background. You've seen me talk about this before. Fellowship of the believers. There's a whole bunch of stuff that they did in Acts 2, the early church, and they did all these different things together. That's what the characteristic of the church where they taught, they had communion, they prayed, they cared for those in need, they met, they ate, and every day people were added to the number, it says. 
Everyday people added to the number. You've heard me talk about this. We are not a bounded set with a very clear boundary. This isn't what Jesus does. We're a centered set of people who are coming towards Jesus. Some of us might not be coming towards Jesus. The point is, everybody's working their way towards Jesus. Everybody's working their way towards Jesus. There's no in or out here. There is just, are you following Jesus? If you're trying to follow Jesus, wherever you're at in your journey, then you're welcome to be with us. You're welcome to be with us. You've heard me say this too. We have these rules. The first rule is to belong. We believe that once you belong, you might choose to believe and then that might alter your behaviour. As I've said in the past, there are many, many institutions and some churches where their rules are the other way around and they say you can't come until you behave. Well, I don't think any of us would be here if that was the case. So we're really, this is something that's deeply ingrained in who we are. You belong first. Now we also say, come as you are, don't stay as you are. If you're genuinely trying to follow Jesus, come and belong and then work that out with us. And also, we've got this mantra that John Wimber used and they actually wrote a book about him and they called it, Everyone Gets to Play. This is a place where not just one or two people do all the ministry. We're not a place for stars. We're not a place for personalities or megastars. We're just a place where everybody gets to be part of what God is doing. Everyone gets to be part of what God is doing. Ephesians 4 talks about the, the gifts of God and how everyone, you know, if you've got a, whether, you're a prof, whether your gifts are in the prophetic realm or evangelistic or pastoral or teaching or apostolic, all of those are in play for the equipping of the saints so that everybody, everybody gets to play. And under this um, sort of wing of uh, trying to grow our gathered environments, there are some really significant things that we think God wants to do. Um, over the rest of this year. A, a little bit later on in the year, probably in the autumn, I'm going to share with you um, some specifics about a plan that we've been putting together to um, just improve uh, this building and make it more visitor-friendly, more welcoming, more accessible, and just make it um, the kind of place where we can continue to welcome people. Hopefully I'm whetting your appetite. We've, got, we've had lots and lots of conversations. We've had lots and lots of Uh, discussions, Uh, we have architects drawing us plans, we have those plans being costed at the minute and we just really think that this is something that God wants to do and we'll share that with you in due course fully and properly in the time we think God is asking us to make our buildings so that we can welcome more people here and the third thing, with those two posts you've got it on the front of your you've got it on the front of your uh, you've got it on your sheet, with those two posts Supporting a crossbar. Turn it off, eh, Terry? Turn it off. Thanks. Okay. Um, There's two things supporting a crossbar, and the crossbar is the stewarding of the presence of God. And you may remember that I spoke about this. Now, this is going back some. Sort of of the start of this journey for me was about 18 months ago in September. And I felt like the Lord led us to Hebrews. And by the way, there's a typo, a very small typo in your sheet. Look at the box on the bottom of the last page. Um, there's some Bible references in there. And uh, the bottom one says Hebrews 1.11. My apologies, it's Hebrews 11.1. If you read 1.11, I'm not quite sure what that says, but it's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> That's 11.1. The uh, colon got in the wrong place there. Um, 
Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of, we don't, of what we don't see. This is a faith journey. This is most definitely a faith journey. It's definitely a faith journey for us and for our leaders. And if you remember, again, I haven't got time for this now, but I unpacked that whole passage to say that it felt like at the time the Lord was asking us to get prepared for what he wanted us to do, that we were going to learn to walk by faith, drawing near to him, and that there was this sense of both building and going, which I think is, this was a crude version of what I'm now describing as, you know, releasing scattered servants on one side and um, increasing gathered environments on the other side building and going, and that once we step out into what God's got for us, there is a sense of him doing stuff, expectation, transformation. And I just want to really, at this point, say that none of that happens without the Holy Spirit. None of that happens without the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. Just reach out and it's there. And what we want to be doing is partnering with God's Holy Spirit in everything that we do. In everything we do, whether it's releasing scattered servants, whether it's getting involved in stuff in our communities, whether it's um, increasing and improving bits of our buildings so that we can welcome people here, whether it's starting a new service, whether it's increasing our compassion ministry, whatever it is that God wants to do, the really important part is that we continue to steward his presence in that. Now, some of us think sometimes that we can only steward the presence of God in this room on a Sunday morning between 10.30 and 12. And that's just not true. I mean, we can, and it's wonderful when we do. But if you come to church because that's the only time that you can get into the presence of God, then you're really missing out on some really fundamental truth in the Bible, that the presence of God is in us all the time. Now, we may not remember to, you know, to engage with that all the time. But that's the truth of it. Whether we're in or out, whatever we're doing, the presence of God is with us, and our job is to steward that. Our job is to steward that. To demonstrate the kingdom of God in our ordinary lives, as it says there under C1. You know, when we do, when we do experience God's presence here, we're doing it so that we can learn, and we can grow, and we can practice, and we can take this stuff out. We can take this stuff out and do it. I went to, uh, sometimes Joe and I get a, um, a little voucher for a, a spa. It costs about 10 quid and we can go for a morning. So I'm sitting in the spa, in the um, steam room. And there's a guy just come in and, and there's only me and him in there. And he's sitting on the other side and it's completely steamy. We have our swimming trunks on, by the way. It's not that, it's not, it's not that kind of place. And... Um, uh, 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 and so obviously, you know, we start to have con- make conversation. And, and about the second thing he says is that, it's, oh, I've got this trapped nerve in my shoulder. I go, oh, okay. So now I have to pray for you because that's what I'm telling everybody in church that we have to do. And I can't be the kind of leader who just kind of says this stuff without practicing it. Um, so I'm kind of letting the conversation go on. And, uh, and he says, what do you do? And I say, well... And I never know how to answer that question. So I said, well, I, I, I help people connect with Jesus. I'm a church leader. And he goes, oh, I believe in Jesus. And we have this whole conversation then. Anyway, I, so that made it a bit easier um, that he did actually believe in Jesus. And I, but I still sort of thought, well, before I leave, I have to pray for this guy. So I said, would you just let me pray for your trapped nerve that you talked about? He said, oh, yeah, sure, please feel free. So even in the, um, even in the spa, <laughs> when I couldn't see anybody... 
Now, wherever we are, that's my story of being a, taking a risk this week and being a trusted, being a scattered servant. And uh, we talked about this, didn't we? We talked about being God's trusted, oh, I've gone back, sorry, trusted rulers. And how what God actually wants to do is release each of us as a church and as individuals. We need to know our identity in the Lord. We need to know our authority and where it comes from. And we need to know the assignment that he's given us to do. And once we know that, we can steward the presence of God absolutely everywhere. Whatever it is he's doing. Wherever we are, praying earnestly and consistently for his kingdom to come. Developing a culture of honour where we take risks and tell stories, including stories where we took a risk and it didn't work. That's what it's about. I've kind of rushed through this because the Spirit of God was here. So please take it away and pray about it and think about it. If you're part of this church, there is a response that I think the Lord would want you to make. And I just want to invite us all... Actually, even if you're not part of this church, you may want to respond anyway. So I just want to take a minute or two. I know we've run over, but just one or two minutes. Just to ask the Holy Spirit to quicken to us anything that he wants us to specifically engage with this morning by way of response. Why don't we stand together? Worship guys, do you want to come back? You know, our first commitment is to Jesus and we do run after him. But after that and our families, the Bible does talk about a humble service in the body of Christ. We talked about that in Romans. And if you consider that this church, Winston Vineyard, is your church, if you think that this this is you, then I do want to invite you just to ask the Holy Spirit, what kind of response he wants you to make, either at this point, right now, or in due course in the next few weeks or months. So the first question is, does this resonate with me? What does my heart say to all this? Does it say yes and amen? And then it may be that he might want a faith response from you, or a practical response from you. Maybe the response looks like Stop being on the edge of church and actually just get stuck in. What does that look like? It might look like joining a life group. It might look like joining a a Sunday team and just saying, yeah, no, this is where I want to be. It might mean changing from being a guest to a host. Or it might mean a financial response. It might mean that the Lord's saying, actually, I want you to Consider where you give your money and how much money you give and just ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything that he wants you to do there. I've said this before. If you buy into the vision, buy into the vision. Let's just close our eyes and let's ask the Holy Spirit to show us what it is that he wants us to do. Maybe it's joining a life group. But I do sense that the Lord is asking some of us to take a step, a step in, But I'm not going to twist anybody's arm. That's up to the Holy Spirit to do. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you. I thank you for this vision that you've given us as a church. 
I thank you for the people who are part of this church. Some of us have been here years and some of us have been here minutes, but Lord, you are calling those who you want to be here. Now call them. Holy Spirit, cause our hearts to rise up in response to you. Speak to our hearts, we pray. The Bible very clearly says that building the church is God's job. It's not mine or Joe's. It's not any of our leaders. This is what God does. The building the church is what God does. And, and any steps, any bricks, any steps to take are between each of us and him. So Holy Spirit, inspire us. Speak to us, we pray. Welcome your presence. I just ask that everyone would close their eyes. If you haven't got them closed already, would you be kind enough just to close your eyes at the moment? Because I feel like today is a really significant day for a couple of different people. There are are a couple of folk here and you've listened to this and yet you have never given your yes to Jesus. And today is the day when actually you you know your heart is quickening. You know that God has got his finger on you. And today is a good day to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Jesus, I want to be all in. I've been on the edge for a while and actually today's the day I want to follow you. And if that's you, then why don't you just do business in your heart with God now? You can say sorry for the stuff that you've done wrong in the past because Jesus died on the cross to free you from that. And you can ask for forgiveness and then he washes you clean. He does an amazing exchange and gives you his new life in exchange for your old life. And also, I think there is at least somebody here, at least one person, and you know that, you know that story. You have chosen to follow Jesus in the past, but you've been a long way away. And today's the day when you want to say, actually, I'm coming home. You might even know the story of the prodigal son in the Bible, who was a long way off, and yet God's, the father's arms were open, and he ran back into the father's arms and was welcomed back in. And if, if either of those is you, whilst everybody's got their head bowed, I wonder whether you'd be just courageous enough to put a hand in the air and say either, yes, I'm following Jesus for the first time, or actually I want to come back to God. Because there's something significant about making a physical response. Because when later on doubts come up, you actually know that you've done something physical. You remember, it, it kind of creates a memory. And you've done something physical to take a step. So if that's you now, just put your hand up here now and then you can put it straight down. Thank you. You can pop your hand down. Thank you. God, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you give us new starts and new beginnings. And we ask for your spirit to fill all of us, to help us to live the lives that you have planned for us, the amazing, abundantly expectant and free lives that you have for us. We need to close in just a second and get our kids, but just had a sense, if you feel like what the Lord is asking you to do is to take a significant step, whatever that step is, if you know that that's what he's telling you to do today, 
um, if that resonates with you, um, we'd love to just have the chance to pray with you. Um, so I'm going to invite you to come, just come to the front here and uh, just acknowledge what God is saying and doing. You don't have to discuss the details with anybody, um, but we just love to pray and bless what God is doing in you. So if that's you, um, why don't you take this opportunity and come, come to this side. Also, Sarah, why don't you come to the front because we're going to pray and let's have some people come and gather around you so that if you know Sarah and you're part of her life group or you know what she's doing, I come, let's do that. And anybody else who wants to respond to what God wants to do, those of you who know Sarah want to come pray with her, some people come and pray. You come on, you can come. Come down. Thank you. And if you want to respond to what God's saying, if you want to just have someone pray with you, or if you have another need that you've come with today, we'd love to pray with you before we uh, go home today. So bless you for that. There's space and there's time to do that. The worship guys are going to continue to play. And uh, feel free to just stay and soak in the presence of God. If you have children, please do go and um, pick them up. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing here. Take this word and these thoughts and this vision, take it with us, write it in our hearts and allow us to run with you, run after you, and engage with whatever you're doing in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So guys, there's coffee. You can stay and soak in the presence of God. You can go and get your kids. If you want someone to pray with you, this is a really good place. Bless you, have a great Sunday. Can I have a few folks to come and pray with these guys here? I need some guys and some girls. Thank you for your presence. Beautiful.